0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Final Fantasy Wiki podcast. If uh, this is your first time here, this might be your first time ever hearing us because this is going to be the first time we're putting anything up on the main feed. We're actually going to have a podcast feed for this episode uh, before we've just been posting to YouTube. So this is going to be a kind of weird start. Um, I'm not sure how the final history is going to end up looking. For all you know, this could be the very first thing you ever hear. And then... I might be posting stuff from five years ago, so all of a sudden we're all going to sound like we were five years younger and five years happier because the last five years have been the last five years. And I have a much thicker
1: accent. Yes, yes. So my accent was so thick back then. I'm so sorry, guys. eh,
0: It's you know it's a kind of smooth thickness. You know you want to get to a good thickness. Uh, So we all got to
2: have distinct voices so people can tell us apart.
0: Yes. So uh, actually today which is weird for what might be our first episode, effectively, Uh, we have a special guest. This is Daniel from the final podcast. Daniel, do you want to introduce yourself?
3: Hey, well, you know what, thank you so much for having me on the show, first of all, I'm, I'm honored to be here, uh, I love uh, love the website, love the wiki, man, I, I use it, I, I'm sure I'm among so many who use, the, uh, use your website uh, all the time, um, so first of all, a big thank you to you guys for running that, for keeping it organized, and uh, it, making it such a, a great tool for Final Fantasy fans. Um, my name is Daniel, uh, I'm from, I run the Final Fan TV, it's Final Fantasy Entertainment and Podcast Network. Uh, our podcast is Final Podcast, um, and we just label them just like we do, uh, just like the, the franchise does. So Final Podcast, II, uh, I, you know, like that would be Final, Fan, Final Podcast 2, um, and things like that. So we've had actually uh, some really cool voice actors on the show, uh, developers, um community members that's the the goal is to spotlight uh you know the final fantasy community um recently we had hirinobu sakaguchi which was such, such a oh my god insane thing yeah yeah that was insane to, have to speak with very them. impressive uh, jesus wow <laughs> thank you thank you thank you uh, man it was it was honestly it was a, like it was a daze when I was talking to him because I just could not believe it I think it hit me uh, about it, it hit me when my family started like saying you know like oh my god congratulations because they knew how much it meant to me like family and friends uh, and that's when it hit me that was way after I posted the, the show <laughs> um, but anyways yeah that was that was really cool um, that was for him promoting his new game Fantasian um yeah so it the whole thing is to to spotlight the final fantasy community voice actors and and developers and uh um you know we, we also try to have a good time while we do it play some games on the show um like 20 questions mad libs and things like that with our guests um also we're a entertainment network as well so entertainment and podcast network so we do we do like game shows. We just recently did a Family Feud inspired Final Fantasy themed game show with Night Sky Prince, Soldier First Class, uh, even Techno was on the show uh, at one point. So, I was uh, and I lost. You, yeah. you did, well, you dominated and then you lost. <laughs> remember, remember the steal, the steal in the third round. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. We just like to have a lot of fun on Final Fan TV. So if you're if you're interested in that, go check out Final Fan TV. That is extremely impressive. My hand is shaking
0: just from the secondhand energy of hearing Nobu Sakaguchi being anywhere near me. Anywhere near somebody I'm talking to. That's just <laughs> wild. Um,
3: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> so, oh, yeah, I forgot to introduce myself. I'm Eric, also known as uh, Blue Highwind, and uh, our other two wiki admins are Technobliterator and Catuse. Uh, Hi. Hello. Hey. So, uh, today we have uh, quite a lot to get through, um, man, it seems like a month shouldn't have so much news, especially a month where no real big releases happened, and it wasn't E3 or anything, but man, there's just been a lot of news, just, everyone's been giving interviews, there's been a lot happening in the world of Final Fantasy, so we should probably just get right into it with all of our Final Fantasy news. So uh how do we want to start this? I figure let's start um in reverse number order. So let's just start with uh oh no 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 no. Uh just yesterday at the time of recording, but it would have been last Friday at the time this posts, uh the Final Fantasy was featured at the Olympics in Tokyo. Did anyone actually watch yeah, this yeah, opening ceremony? So
1: cool. It wasn't the prelude, sorry. It was the victory fanfare. Yeah. And it came on after I think it was Dragon Quest
0: um i'm not sure i didn't actually get to see it uh it like posted at
3: 9am yeah
2: well Uh, we know dragon quest was featured on that because that was a very controversial decision
0: yeah i'm I'm looking through the kotaku piece right now i'm looking to see if they have specifically what got posted i know kingdom hearts music was there Mm -hmm. chrono trigger music was there and yeah i can't find oh near was there too they had everything hmm so uh, that's some yeah. nice news. It's
3: pretty pretty awesome for video games, for sure, man, to be featured on a world stage like that. Um, right. Just incredible. Right.
1: Yeah, I think a moment like that is when you realize, like, nah, video game music is real music, man. Like, oh, my people God. People love to mm-hmm. say it's not, but, like, dude, like, the amount of times Final Fantasy has won, like, Classic FM Awards and stuff, like... Mm-hmm. You know, you, and, and you can, like, you can go to a concert, I've been to a Distant Worlds concert, for instance, and seen, like, the music live, and, like, nah, these are legitimately great, like, great compositions by oh, uh, Uematsu and the like, so, like, nah, this is, this is real music, man, and I think this was, like, as much as I want to say this was an important watershed moment, like, we have had final fantasy music at the olympics in the past just not in like the opening ceremony i think it was one Mm. country once had like i want to say liberale fatale i I
3: probably Mm. pronounced that wrong from ff8 was on before that's a good choice I mean and, and to to this extent to uh, I mean you you also had Kingdom Hearts Monster Hunter uh, Chrono Trigger music was played as well um, and just there was just so Calibur, Sonic the Hedgehog um, there were there were a lot of video game um, s- tracks played which is just a just really cool
0: It's funny they pick Chrono Trigger because Square Enix likes to pretend that doesn't even exist anymore <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that was right, a- one yeah. day with
1: a they'll they'll remember it 2004 it was the 2004 summer olympics the american synchronized swimming team played liberale fatale Uh, i think we that was the last time i was at the Olympics.
0: i feel like back in the day we had a like really relatively short article that was like final fantasy in the real world or references and like all we had was that and like one hockey player had some final fantasy X stuff on his helmet i don't quite remember the exact the reference the page
1: is now called final fantasy in popular culture and is much longer
0: yes so we have it's we a have, very long page we have moved up in the world in some ways uh, i also <laughs> would i would i have to mention this but this tokyo olympics is not without controversy and uh probably shouldn't have happened at all but it is cool that we got right. <laughs> some final fantasy music played for the entire world to see Mm -hmm. Uh, let's move on to our next news thing I'm going to go, I I think I said this before we're going to go reverse number order so uh, Final Fantasy 16 so Sony did a state of play back on July 8th which had for some reason a lot of speculation that there was going to be some Final Fantasy 16 stuff there was not and we all knew that there wasn't going to be but uh, afterwards uh, Yoshi P came out and said some stuff I think he was uh, in a conversation with uh, Yoko Taro. And uh, he mentioned that Final Fantasy sixteen this is a bit weird to me. Uh, that there's going to be a Tokyo Game Show on September 30th this year. Final Fantasy sixteen he doesn't want to be there, but still might be? He, he was a very, it's a weird, I've never really heard a developer talk like this before of like yeah, I don't really want to show the trailer, but other people do, so I don't know if there's going to be a trailer or not. But he did say that there is some, you know, solid development steps. The script's done. All the voice acting's done. Mm -hmm. But uh, apparently it's still not playable. Yes.
3: Hey, Blue Highland, let me tell you why I'm really excited about this news, okay? Because um, when I saw this article come out, It was he was talking about Final Fantasy 16 and how it it's just not he's not going to show something when it's when it's not going to come out right after. So um, what gets me really excited is this is telling me that Final Fantasy 16 is going to be a uh, a, a, almost a shadow drop. So um, what he's going to do is basically show the trailer, release the game maybe two weeks, a month later, Um, get hype, go buy it. Um, so the fact that it was even being considered for the Tokyo game show kind of has me just really, really excited. Um, I personally think that this is going to be an early 2022 release. So I'm thinking like either January, uh, to March, they like to release their Final Fantasy games in that area. Um, and yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just really excited about this. Also, second thing that's, uh, that from my experience of talking to voice actors and um people on the inside through the through the podcast uh so every time i talk to a voice actor let's say i did an interview with the intermission cast and they will say something like i say oh when did you go into the studio to record your lines um and typically it's about six months before the release um so the fact that english release or english uh, voice acting is almost done, which English you guys know that. I mean, that's yeah, that's yeah. usually like the last thing they're doing, right? Um, so makes me think. Okay, so six months later, which is a, you know around that January March time frame, uh, I think we're going to see Final Fantasy 16. And I think if I had to make a bet, I bet it would be at the Game Awards this year. Mm-hmm. The I think
1: that's about December,
0: right?
3: Yeah.
2: So, yeah, that's so... when the
1: TGAs are. They're around December time. Yeah, I think that's a great way of looking at it because, like, um, because when I when I had when I saw so the news, I had much the out same... Pretty bad for me. When I when I had the the when I saw the news, I felt like much the same way as Blue did. I was kind of confused by it, like, uh, confused by the announcement, I guess. But yeah, like, uh, but yeah, like, uh, like you said, um, the English voice acting normally comes fairly late into the process, uh in most cases so that that does suggest that it's ready fairly soon the only thing i'd say with regard to like the early 2022 release is like 2022 is also the 25th anniversary of final fantasy 7. so it suggests to me if they were going to save that slot for a big release it would be another seven remake part but then again i don't think we're going to get another seven remake part this early so i think i think uh 2022 is a good estimate for 16's release. Somebody cut yeah. out an end? So we
2: have, um, so we have end Locker coming up in like November. So they have like a few months window where they don't want to compete w- with themselves. And then after that, I think uh, FF uh, sixteen makes sense. Some more evidence for this, wh- why we're cutting it from Tokyo Game Show. Yoshi P said, and I quote, we want to reveal something where people will say, I want to play it now, release it now, and we can reply. Sure, here you go.
0: Yeah, um right. I, I would probably bet I still feel like late 2022 is probably a safer bet because it just feels like if you're not willing to release a trailer that's a sign that maybe something is a bit strange in the production cuz right now you have to you have to throw covid in there. This is just not going to be a normal production. Mm. And uh, you know, maybe at some point they're like, "Hey, we got time to do voice acting" cuz you know, all these things are getting staggered. These are happening at different times. And you're thinking, all right, we can get our voice acting division done now. Our programming division will be done at this point. So maybe that stuff was done and the general actual making of the game will be slowed down a bit. Uh, You know, it's really impossible to know. Uh, Jason Schreier last year was very, uh, very confident this game would come out in 2021. But uh, Jason Schreier has also been calling a lot of shots that I feel like I've been missing lately. So he's good after the fact, not really good predicting so much but uh yeah right i can't wait to see
1: more though yeah i think like uh i think with with regards to a 16 trailer like um like the the thing is like they have to because if 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 you remember like the first trailer they released they kind of said like oh, well the reason why the graphics aren't maybe what you'd expect them to be is just because like we don't want to like uh over-promise with regards to graphics and then under deliver so that suggests like that was like relatively early on so maybe they want to get to the point where they're like we want a trailer to be like around the time where you see what the game's actually gonna look like when it's like much more realistic to how it'll actually look
3: mm-hmm.
0: um i guess i'll move on um so final fantasy 14 last month it hit its highest ever concurrent players on steam and i feel like it's just been beating those records ever since <laughs> um oh daniel dropped
2: out Oh. Damn. Yeah, he's been doing that a few times. Yeah, there's a few reasons, I think, why uh, Final Fantasy XIV's player count has been taking off lately. So, like, one of them is that Endwalker's coming up. And so, you probably want, if you want to get into the game to play Endwalker, you probably want to start right now. There were some recent changes back in patch 5.3 where, um, a lot of the main story of a realm reborn was was trimmed back a bit to make it you know more accessible you don't have to go through like a 10 hour long side quest to like make a turtle soup so you can fight titan or whatever that that was all cut and and so it's a lot easier to get into the game now and this would be the time to get into the game if you want to start playing in time to for to be caught up for endwalker and then there's the situation with uh world of warcraft
0: Um, um, yeah that's the other thing that's. I feel like that's what's yeah. really driving this.
2: Yeah. So a lot of players are, are leaving World of Warcraft in response to the recent patch nine point one. I imagine a lot of people are also quitting given the recent uh, revelations about uh, the internal workings of Activision Blizzard, and the uh, famous World of Warcraft streamer Asmund Gold has been playing a lot of FF fourteen lately, and his streams have been getting like hundreds of thousands of views. But it can't just all be Asmongold because no. a lot of the uh, a lot of the increase in player base is on the Chinese and Korean servers. Mm. Oh, that's and, interesting, and that, actually. Yeah, that cannot be explained by an American streamer. Um, another thing, uh, YoshiP P announced that they can't really add more servers right now between the semiconductor shortage and travel restrictions. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Um, that's on his list. But here. He did
2: say, yeah, he 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 did say it's okay. You can still keep dancing in front of the limbs at Etherite. We have an auto logout. We have login queues. The login queues aren't that bad on a ferry. They're like 80 people, which takes things like five minutes to wait through. So it's, it's, it's not that bad. But yeah, this, you, you can really tell when you're playing the game that there's just the, the world is just a lot more populated than it used to be.
0: Yeah, uh, Yoshi P put up a lodestone post going through uh, the issues of the growing player population. This was up I think a few days ago. And this is at HTPS uh, colon slash slash NA dot Final Fantasy 14 dot com slash lodestone slash topic slash detail slash c 2 d 7 b three five d 55577879086 b six four c f cfde 0 I think I got that right? Jesus Yep. Uh, oh wait I missed a C somewhere <laughs> oh well well, <laughs> ah, that's fine <laughs> um, so he's, uh, he's actually going to increase the maximum number of simultaneous logins across the NA data centers by 18,000 that's specifically on here but they're not going to be able to do that for other regions so I thought it was interesting that they're increasing the Chinese ones and the Japanese one I mean they're not able to do it in East Asia but they are able to do it in
2: North America hmm Well, the north american servers are in like sacramento which is i I imagine most people in california are vaccinated by now they can probably just go like actually to the data center and do it yeah maybe maybe that's not so easy in east asia no it's
1: not right yeah it's much it's much more difficult in east asia right now with regards to that situation but like but like the thing is like um even even though like what what we were saying earlier about okay there's a lot of backlash to world of warcraft like I feel like a lot of the backlash is Western-focused, if that makes sense. Like, um, the understandable backlash to, like, the recent what we heard about what's going on in Activision Oh, Blizzard oh, wait, wait, wait. I, I need to do a point of
0: up. order on that. The backlash against World of Warcraft was happening
1: weeks well before all this uh, Activision Blizzard stuff. Right. Right. And there was backlash to World of Warcraft, because apparently people hated the story, or, like, the storytelling? something uh, i mean well there are also 100 compl- on that because i don't play world of warcraft but like there people were compl- sorry you can go
2: there were complaints about a content drought going into patch 9.1 and then patch 9.1 yeah. drop people started complaining about the story as well and i guess also the raid but i don't know anything about World of warcraft raids so you know I more than i do like right
0: that. now um yeah i all i feel like is world of warcraft every other year people are like this game is fucking shit fuck this game fuck you activision blizzard and then like the next year they'll be gaga over it again so i i don't know right and uh right yeah i'd say yoshi p is handling this pretty well i mean i feel like other studios might be like yeah blizzard guess who's fucking number one now and he's just been kind of like he's been avoiding the topic altogether he's
1: super humble about it he's like yeah I mean we looked up to these guys for a long ass time that's what we aspired to be so the fact that like so like he's basically said like I'm not cool with people like trashing World of Warcraft in favor of our game just because like yeah like okay fine we might be beating them now but like if it weren't for them we wouldn't exist yeah and who wants this kind of toxicity like is
0: this really the mood you want in your game Final Fantasy XIV I'm always extremely impressed with just how happy the fan base seems to be and I feel like it's inevitable at some point that's gonna turn but that happens with every game you know but right now at least you don't want that to be your
3: mood there Uh, Daniel are you back hey guys i don't know if, if my audio sounds uh different it's because i had to switch to my phone but uh I'm, I'm back i can hear you guys it sounds remarkably good for coming out of a phone oh sweet awesome yeah. well i'm back i'm sorry i, I missed half that conversation <laughs> uh right. yeah uh, so, we're
0: talking about final fantasy 14 stuff uh the new player count stuff okay.
2: so on the topic of toxicity there have been some like ff14 players on twitter who have been like trying to organize like harassment campaigns to drive away the the new world of Warcraft players
0: oh, but I, I think this. this is
2: a very obnoxious vocal minority
1: yeah right the thing is you're always gonna get obnoxious uh, minorities on Twitter so like uh, uh, as in minorities of people uh, in certain communities like you're always gonna get that but like um, but like I-, I think it's good that Yoshi P is deciding to like downplay it and say like this ain't what we're about like because you know he, he's he been like very humble and like chill about it and yeah. you know i think that's why people really love yoshi p it's like he's just a down-to-earth chill guy that like actually seems to understand the player base and understand what's good for the game
2: yeah the only game yoshi p talks shit on is fortnite and i, I don't think anyone is mad about that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Yoshi P is a consummate gentleman, and I would say nobody in the gaming business does a better job of managing a community than he does.
3: Honestly, you can you can see his uh, like his passion for for Final Fantasy; like it shines through in his interviews and even like stage presentation. Um, I just. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys, like, I haven't really been um, big into the Final Fantasy 14, but I absolutely just love uh, Yoshi P and, like, the way he presents things, the way he communicates to the fan base. Um, it's just, all around, it's just really good. He's, like, he's the mouthpiece for Final Fantasy at this point. Yeah, right. I've never played it yeah. either. I oh, wait, no, I, I
0: played uh, 14 yeah. once, one time. Oh, Techno, you can go. Sorry
1: yeah I was, I was gonna say like it doesn't just shine through through his presentations and interviews and etc it also shines through in his game because if you look mm. at 14 is filled with like references to all the previous games like it's probably got more references in 14 than like ff9 did to the games that came <laughs> yeah. before that it's like how like oh uh, there's like the guardians that kind of look like the judges in ff12 and then you have that obviously that whole dungeon Based around ff3 and since then you have motherfucking (laughs) kafka is a boss battle holy (laughs) shit and you get dancing mad yeah
3: it's
1: so freaking cool (laughs) like fully orchestrated
3: dancing mad bro
1: (laughs) yeah like dude like this guy this guy's love for the series like shines through in like so many ways so yeah like even though like I would love to play Final Fantasy 14 if I had a slot for my schedule in which to mm-hmm. play it regularly but like yeah so that's so that's why like uh, that's why I have no doubt the 16 is gonna be absolutely just fine like I have no yes. doubts about it because I know this guy's in charge
3: okay I yeah, guess agreed and it's the uh, the guy who penned uh, Heaven's Word as well writing the script for 16 so you know it's gonna it's just it's in good hands I think right Yep.
0: Okay. Let's move on to uh, let's say minus seven. So now we're at Final Fantasy Seven. So uh, there's been a few uh, interviews about the uh, remake here. Uh, I see uh, Motomu Toriyama talked with IGN, where he's actually listed as co-director. Was he yeah. always listed as co-director on this game?
1: He was the uh, he was the co-director uh, back in the first part of the game and. Um Oh, but he was the director for the scenario planning.
0: Yeah, that's right. that's interesting. Um, I mm-hmm. there's a few other news bits here uh, that one they're going to try to uh, include the kind of new gameplay features from Intermission. You know how like Sonin can join up with Yuffie and fight together. That's going to be kind of more of a focus mm-hmm. for part two. And the other big mm-hmm. news detail is. Uh, uh, Matoma Toriyama mentioned that he was very impressed with uh, Last of Us Part 2 and seemed kind of willing that he wanted more diversity for Part 2. Now, uh, right. Last of Us Part 2, of Perfect. course, is a game that's famed for horrible, horrible things. I don't particularly like that game, but in more positive stuff, it uh, mm-hmm. does have a you know fairly good LGBT representation, and uh, maybe that's something happening for 7
3: here. I don't know. It's very interesting. I'm I'm on the the opposite spectrum when it comes to the the story of Final or of Last of Us Part Two. I just absolutely think it's top notch. I just, I, thought, I thought it was I thought it was uh, amazing, um, and I loved every bit of it. I mean, there was a little bit of a pacing issue, um, but other than that, man, I love the risks they take. Um, and it the shock, the and I think honestly, if Final Fantasy VII remake wants to draw inspiration from something. I, I would love it to be last of us part two because uh, for a story being about loss and uh, how how to deal with loss and and you know sometimes even revenge um, in Final Fantasy 7 it's just like it's such a good story to draw from in my opinion the way it's handled I love it the gray area
1: mm. yeah yeah that, I think that moral like, gray
3: area I think like, uh, faces all the time
1: I think with regard to like drawing inspiration uh, from the Last of Us Two, like specifically focusing on diversity is perfect mm. is a perfectly good thing, like um because like uh, when you think about it, Square are in like a little bit of a difficult spot compared to Western developers just because like uh, Japan is such a homogeneous country, and mm. so, and if you think about like the Square Enix studio is still like it's going to be so much less diverse than like a lot of uh, Western studios. Like, they were- they actually, like, mentioned this, like, uh, I think with regards to when they were redesigning Tifa's outfit, for instance. They said, like, you know, when we made- when we made her outfit back in the original game, we had barely any women on the staff. So, Hmm. there were barely any people saying, like, yo, like, if someone's gonna perform martial arts and be, like, doing all these, like, stuff, like, and there's- and they're wearing an outfit like that, then that- that's not gonna be comfortable because it's going to be, you know, like, because you can't really perform stunts in that thing. But that's, so that's why they did the slight redesign where they gave her like a sports bra. Uh, <laughs> I, and then <laughs> where they gave her a sports bra and now it actually freaking works, right? And, and so, and so that's sorry, just an example okay. of like how bringing, bringing more women on the team is like, is like provides an important extra perspective so yeah like uh Uh. i'm western developers like because it because you know in places like california and etc like uh, there are a lot more like uh, there's a lot more diversity it's still not as much as we'd maybe want there to be but there's a lot more diversity so they have more perspectives that they can bring on Mm -hmm. Uh, so so yeah, so I'm glad that they're drawing inspiration from The Last of Us 2, but I think Square is going to have like a bit of a hurdle when it comes to portraying more diversity in their games. Because if you think about it, there's never actually been a black woman main character, for instance. Like,
3: no, or okay fine, we've That's, had that's why I was kind of excited for Forsaken. I was hoping that would be, uh, I, ho- I was kind of hoping it would be Final Fantasy 17, which was just kind of a pipe dream, but like, right. I was like, that would be really cool, but yeah. Oh, you mean Forsaken? Right, isn't yeah, Forspoken, Is that what Force... it's? Uh, you said forsaken. forsaken yeah,
0: Forspaken, Oh, okay. whatever it is. This is that uh, that spaken. other <laughs> game the uh, the Final Fantasy fifteen team is making, which we, we haven't know. heard much exactly. about either. I figure that's got to pop up again. Yeah, at some it's moment. like
1: if you guys remember my commentary on the previous podcast, like. Uh, I was very much like uh, I'm kind of bored of all the main characters all being white men ever since. Uh, well, 15, we we already right? we went through this whole thing about the racial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, racial, just, okay. yeah, yeah we we don't need to go okay, through that I'm, one again. I'm bored of them all being like anime protagonists. Yeah, that's that's, it, that's like a better that
0: way of putting it. Yeah, I'm,
1: I'm racially bored they them are being anime. Being like,
0: that's what they are. That's their race is anime. Right, I'm
1: bored of them all <laughs> being like the same kind of stereotype. Uh, and mm-hmm. I'd like to see a bit more because like my favorite two characters from seven remake were tifa and aerith and you know so they've clearly proven that they can handle other kinds of characters really well i so you know i'd love them i'd love to see more of that
3: basically. I'd like
0: to rewind a bit on um the diversity of the teams behind this just because mm-hmm. i don't know if there's any major female voice in the new remake team at all because it just feels like it's always the same guys like mm. it's matoma toriyama it's katase they... it's Nomura. yeah and wasn't um there
1: was when they made the original but yeah still like not a huge amount if that makes sense
0: and wasn't tifa's <laughs> redesign done by roberto ferrari
1: it was but they like uh, so they mentioned that and uh like uh this there was this uh there was this quote that got like taken out of context Mm -hmm. so much because it was like translated not that well they basically said something to do with like well we gave her a sports bra because um it was and and then the way it was translated was like it was the ethics department said that we needed to do that but actually all it was was literally just you know we had more women in the team we said like how are we going to design this character And then they said, well, why don't you, why don't you give her like, so a sports bra is one thing. The other thing is like, they replaced the, the skirt with one that gives her a lot more freedom, Uh you know? So if she's actually going to perform like all these like somersaults and spin kicks and whatever, then it makes more sense to have a skirt that has more freedom. But obviously, you know, to be less revealing, they added the leggings. So that's just Uh an example of how like having more like uh, female perspectives can make your games better i would still
0: like to see either a female person or maybe even someone lgbt doing interviews the other thing about diversity with oh, a yeah. major a major japanese studio like this is japan's racial makeup is very different than a lot of other places in the world it's very homogeneous right. it's or it's at very least
1: homogenous.
0: yeah it, or at least it likes to make itself appear homogeneous there actually are other ethnic mm-hmm. groups going on there but many of them are heavily silenced and this is a whole can of worms we really don't need to get down to but um it's a very different situation than when you're talking about diversity in a western studio like going back to the activision blizzard news from a couple days ago racial elements in that were a big deal uh black women were very poorly treated in that company and that's something i mean you know what square next has an entire western division who they could be bringing in for these sorts of things but it just feels like they have no interest in doing that
3: yeah if you look at final fantasy 7 and like on i know i know like final fantasy in general is all about diversity coming together uh stronger together type thing like that's that's a that's a common theme throughout all of final fantasy um but for final fantasy 7 in particular uh that game does such just the game itself speaking not not towards, like, developers and, and the people on the staff and stuff, but, like, the game itself feels like a champion for diversity, in my opinion. Like, it's just, there's there's a main character from pretty much, like, almost, like, you know, there's, like, they, they, they pick from different ethnicities and just, like, kind of put it into, uh, you, you get this this group, right, this ragtag group, um, very different uh, cultures and, and beliefs and stuff coming together. And for me, that's what makes Final Fantasy VII so great um, is just like just that diversity coming together and in Final Fantasy 7 remake um, yeah the staff may not be you know they they definitely need more diversity on like interviews and, and really championing this game but the game itself is doing a really good job in my opinion mm. with especially Final Fantasy 7 remake um, the way they handled Wall Market the way their um they're, you know Barrett is one of the best characters in the game like they, they fully fleshed out um, Barrett a lot better Right, um, right. And,
1: like how Walmart Market in the original was kind of just like a, a, it was mostly a homophobic joke, and now, yeah.
3: well, there were homophobic
1: jokes in there, and now it's more right. about a trans pride thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, I mean, obviously, um, like, there's still, you know, Corneo's thugs, and, like, you, you get you get the, the bad with the good, and I think it's championing that uh, that good, um, that diversity, and right. and it's, it's just really a reflection of the world, like Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. should be.
1: Yeah, I think like two things I want to respond there. First of all, like just to add to that, like um, with with regards to different ethnic groups being there, yeah. So for instance, like um, we can say Cloud is white. You know, he comes from a fairly white town. Um, like Aerith, probably white as well, and then you have Barrett, obviously African American. Uh, Yuffie, Asian Japanese, for instance, mm-hmm. and then, um. I'm not sure about Vincent actually but I know um Red 13 obviously he's uh, you know he's an alien but he is you know <laughs> he's from he's from a native american tribe Native america Ken- yeah Yeah and yeah, oh my god kinda. Cosmo Canyon has always been my favorite location in- I I oh, hope I, they I, kind of, I, I can't america. wait I hope they
0: redo that I, I don't really need any kind of weird native fetishization going on there there, there's yeah, plenty well, of that. Yeah, well, there's I plenty mean, of like, that already going on all across the
3: games industry. So,
1: I mean, they can definitely like update it. Like, um,
3: yeah, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it'll be updated. Yeah, yeah. to be more to to be more, uh, uh, like you said, like the wall market, the way they did that, like more prideful and and yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah exactly. more respectful. Yeah, exactly. Culture. So, yeah. so the
1: first thing I'm gonna say is me like yeah, um, you know, and. Uh, there's there was actually an interesting discussion we had internally on the wiki where people weren't sure about Tifa's Tifa's ethnicity because there's a bit of a debate there. Like on the one hand, like Isn't she more
3: appealing to like the Asian audience and then Aerith was supposed to be more appealing to American audience? Yeah,
1: that's 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 absolutely right. So like um they they've said like when they were considering the characters' designs, they went like Aerith has a more western beauty standards and tifa follows more asian beauty standards which is interesting because tifa is more popular in the west and Arab <laughs> is more popular in the east so it's it's interesting how they did that but mm-hmm. um i but yeah like uh, mm. there was a bit of a debate with regards to that because like um there's evidence of tifa being like a more asian based on firstly what they said there You know and with her following more asian beauty standards and with the fact that like when they model her for advent children they based on her japanese actress um but also the fact that like all the outfits she wears aside from the default purple dress the other two outfits she wears are very clearly like japanese well asian inspired dresses one's a chinese inspired one and it's more like the monks from the rest of the series and one's a japanese inspired one and we actually looked into the files of the game and it's called the wutai dress huh. the japanese inspired one yeah so so on the one hand there's that on the other hand like okay well nibelheim is clearly white and her dad is. i white, I, I feel so. like we
0: should really just be not doing that at all on the wiki we should not even like try yeah to yeah well, that's what we, we shouldn't well, even that's put our feet decided. in these waters it's just uh, this is a conversation i'm getting like increasingly uncomfortable and at.
1: that's that's exactly what we decided was to like make no mention of it <laughs> but like there were definitely people trying to say oh is she this is she this is she mixed race it, it just feel but, it feels I, like
0: a really shitty place where it's coming from this whole deal of like what category does she need to be in it, it feels yeah. very objectifying in a not cool way
1: no, I I completely agree with you, but, like, uh, it's, it's Man, an perhaps example.
2: Perhaps we should of... move on.
1: Yes, we should. Yeah,
0: yeah let's move on okay, from this sure. one. Um, yeah, there was the other thing about the gameplay stuff. I guess we don't have much to say about it. Uh, speaking of things we probably don't have much to say about, uh, the Final Fantasy VII, the first Soldier, that's the uh, kind of Fortnite-like battlegrounds deal. Uh, the first beta came back. That happened back uh, early June. It was right around when E3 happened, so none of us got to play it, and we didn't pay attention at all. Uh, there is some reception yeah, to that. Uh, oh, did you get to play it? Mm-hmm.
3: Did anyone here? I did. I did get to play it. I got to play the first soldier, uh, the the battle royale one. Yeah. Um, so, so I did get a chance to play it. Um, I don't. Do you do you like a quick quick thoughts on it? Yeah, yeah, real quick. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, quick thoughts on it. Um, I was, I was, uh, I was, I came away impressed uh, more impressed than I was going to be I kind of went in with low expectations uh-huh. um, I, I, excitement but low expectations uh, and I was I walked away impressed um, it was a beta so they didn't have full controller support. Um, But there was, you know, you were able to play with a controller. It just didn't have any customization on, like, sensitivity, sticks, sensitivity, or uh, anything like that. So it was almost unplayable with controller. Oh, Oh, dear. But once they put it... Yeah, it was, you know, beta. So I imagine that they're going to get that taken care of. Uh, But once you're able to play with a controller, it's going to be a lot of fun as far as, like the game mechanics kind of go. It, it, I don't know if you've ever played Spellbreak. It kind of has a Spellbreak feel to it where you uh, upgrade your magic as you as you go. You fight enemies. I don't even up, know uh, what that is. What's Spellbreak? Oh, yeah, Spellbreak. Spellbreak is basically it's another battle royale, uh, but magic based rather than shooting. You're 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 shooting uh, okay. fireballs and you're, um, and you know, and it's it's the classic Pokemon rock paper scissors type thing. Uh-huh. Uh You know, fire beats. I, yeah, you get it. Um, so it's kind of like that. Uh, and mixed with Fortnite, mixed with you know the other little little chunks from every battle royale, and you throw it into, uh, you're under you know you're fighting in Midgar. So, therefore, you're automatically, you're in, right? If you're a Final Fantasy fan, you're in. Like, this is this is the Battle Royale I wanna play. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, unfortunately, it's on mobile only, and yeah. I really, really wish it would come to consoles. Well, it is, it is it is that good, like I wish it would come to consoles where I would be able to play it all the time, you know, more religiously. Well, I
0: mean, with Windows 11, there will be an Android emulator, so presumably you can play it yes, at least sir. on your PC. <laughs> uh, one other, Right. Uh, uh, the other thing, I forgot to go through what's actually in this report. There's really not much what Square Next bothered to tell us. It's just that uh, 90% of players were satisfied, 61% were very satisfied. That's about the only that's, feedback I've yeah. uh, That sounds about right.
1: Yeah. This is soft That does sound like good numbers, but I'd question you that like how many of those people like are just oh 90% of the people who bothered to answer the survey. It's a
0: closed beta, that. so everyone mm. that's playing this right now were people who are already extremely interested in this.
1: Oh, okay. And so, I think oh, it was yeah, a it
0: was an Android only beta, right? I don't think it was on phone like iPhone. It was. Yeah. yeah. So I couldn't have played Android it even if I wanted only. to. Yeah
1: it was Android only, and it was also North America only. Huh, interesting. Very interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, but it will launch on the App Store and Google Play later this year. So, I mean, they gotta get those fixes done quickly, because this is launching this year. Um, I yeah. will play this one time. I promise everyone this. <laughs> I don't promise I will play it twice, though. So, uh, <laughs>
3: give it at least one I will give chance. it a try yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as a
0: Final Fantasy fan if it's available I feel like I should play it at least once and this seems mm-hmm. more interesting than normal kind of just gotcha crap that comes out um, so our final yeah. Well, not it's our, very much a battle royale <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this goes back to our last month's episode about E3 where we were talking a lot about the pixel remaster and I had some reservations mm. um it's actually happening much faster than I thought it was. I, I called a shot that this thing wasn't ready at all. I was completely wrong. I, I take I take full things there. Yeah, uh, The first batch of these is coming out on the 28th, so probably like two days after this podcast drops. That's going to be Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3. And that's still only PC and I think Apple, right?
1: Only PC and mobile. Only PC mobile, and mobile, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, mm-hmm. right.
0: but they do have more details. They showed us actual stuff in there. It is much more of a product that I wanted. I thought this thing was just gonna
1: be a, a ROM of and nothing this, else. But it's more impressive than that. The chance of this game not coming to console <laughs> is zero. This it's game coming. is gonna mm-hmm. come to console eventually. Like if you uh, look I don't at, know, like,
0: I don't if know you about look that. At
1: Squares Track. If you look at Square's track record of putting their games on every single platform they can put them on, like, this, it's a matter of when rather than if, if you ask me.
0: Well, Hmm. Techno, to answer your question, just a couple days ago, they did come out with some news saying that they will release it on console if the demand is there. Quote, that's what they said. Right. So, I don't know what that means. There's a demand.
3: Yeah. Like,
0: I feel like, I feel like them, like, ancient JRPGs, there's gotta be demand for this. There's plenty
3: of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, so like, what what that is kind of telling me, I feel like them releasing that statement is just kind of a way to create that. Hey, a more vocal demand. Like, hey, if you really want this, let's let's call a let's cause a buzz about it. And which it did. Like, you know, just that statement itself uh, got retweeted so many times. Like, if there's a demand, come on, Square and like everybody's. It was just more of I feel like it's more of like a marketing tool in my opinion I I don't know I could be completely wrong on this But I feel like it was more of a marketing tool just to say if you want it on console Let me hear your voice and then that way it kind of spreads the news you get that You know you spread the word a little bit more I feel like this I'm with techno on this one where I feel like this is coming to console Uh, If anything I feel like it's coming to switch um and I think it would be just a fantastic move uh, on Xbox's part if they kind of said, "Hey, if you want to bring it to console, we'll you know we'll fund the, the development and put it on Game Pass." Like yeah, that would be the first it time it would make a lot it'd be the first time Game Final Power. Fantasy One through Six was on Xbox consoles. Yeah. Is that so true? So if they can, if they could do that,
0: yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, that's, true. One, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I guess they never happen. Uh, oh, um, mm-hmm. the, it will be available on one type of console. Because if you recall uh, last week, the Steam Deck dropped, or that was like the week oh, before. Now, yes, yeah. sir. So it will be playable yeah. on that, assuming you put in your five dollar, uh, you know, reservation fee. And when it comes out in Q2 2022, depending on where you are on that list, you will be able to play Final Fantasy One on something like a console. Mm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm personally, I'm like, I'm still really excited for Pixel Remaster, just for like, all the same reasons I mentioned last time, like, you know, Final Fantasy 6 is my favorite one, and I love that there's a version out there where I can point people to and say, this is how you should play Final Fantasy 6, this is the game you should pick up, like, it's my I'm favorite great. one, and I want to share it with the world, so I'm, I'm personally just still very excited for it. Not
0: just to mention, to
3: uh, it. Not to mention, all of the OSTs being rearranged by Umatsu himself, so that's, oh, that's wow. really cool. Oh,
0: wow, that's interesting. I knew they were remastering yeah.
3: a lot of the graphics,
0: but I did not know they were remastering the music, so... I guess I gotta listen to the yeah. soundtracks of six games all over again.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah
0: I've, I'm excited like, for that Also,
3: part.
1: I've never personally cared much for the NES games, just because, like... It's, I've got nothing against the games, they're just a little bit too dated for me to play them these days. But if I was gonna play them, I'd play it through this now. Like, uh, mm. I would much rather play 3, like the 2D version of it, than I would the 3D version which was stupidly hard. There's gotta be quick saves in these, right? Of some kind? You yeah, think, I'm pretty right? sure there will be. Uh, you, yeah. you
0: could really, really badly use a quick save in Final Fantasy 3's Final Dungeon. <laughs> That's someplace I would really like to be able to save my game halfway up that tower.
2: Um, yeah, I haven't um, run
3: into that like, kind of situation in a long time. And, like Just a quick story. Uh, with Final Fantasy 7 Remake Intergrade, uh during the intermission, It's like it, it brought me that nostalgia, even though it was a really bad nostalgia feeling, but like... <laughs> Uh, if you're when you're in um, the the it's the it's the area you fight um, uh, scarlet uh-huh. but they're sending a bunch of enemies at you there yeah. is a way that you can completely screw yourself over uh, because if you restart the battle it starts right at the beginning of that and you cannot go into the menus oh, and dear. like so you're you're completely screwed. You uh, because you can't go into the menus to, to to choose a different chapter selection. You can't go into the menus to uh, upgrade or like change your weapons out. <laughs> is this the uh, the part where on you're remote, on the you train thing? Items.
0: So is this the part where you're no, on that train thing and fighting those uh, like waves of enemies and they get really tough?
3: Yeah, I know. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. I think this is after that. So like when you go into the room where you fight Scarlet on the magic dark armor. Okay. Um, but they're sending waves of enemies at you uh, through that where they're uh, like, you have to fight these sentry turrets up up top and- um, Oh and yeah, send, I think I know send... what you're talking about. Yeah. Wow. There's That's... a way to get com- completely screwed. And I was like, oh my God, I haven't had this since like old school video games. Yeah. <laughs> checkpoints.
1: <laughs> I still so wish that was the final boss, but I don't want to repeat my Nero disabled run. So we can- That's another
3: on.
0: one where you can get knocked back 20 minutes at the end of a fight. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yep. Yeah. If you die at the very last phase, which is the hardest part of that battle, you have to do the whole thing over again and watch every cutscene.
3: Oh no. Yep. yep. I will say the I will say the Nero like music. Oh my God. I love. I love the, we'll the Nero it music. There. It's good. I yeah, hate the Nero the boss. Tension.
1: I feel the same way I felt about Sephiroth in Seven Remake the End. Right. I love the <laughs> boss. The boss music. Really enjoyed it. It's my favorite version of One Winged Angel. I wish the boss wasn't there. No, <laughs> I don't want to repeat that rant.
2: <laughs> so we yeah. can move on. So back on the topics of the Pixel Remaster, we were talking about how how their how the original like NES versions were like very jank, and I guess save our example of that. I think a lot of the jank in the NES versions comes from the fact. Just, just a fairly fundamental part of how the game is, which is that it's a turn-based game that doesn't have a lot of character customization and a lot of it doesn't have something like ATB. So, so, so that um, really the 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 way that you can get past difficulty is with luck or with grinding. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that I, I imagine that's still going to be there. So I think these games are still going to be jank. But hey, seventy-five bucks for six games—that's not a terrible deal.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, like, oh, there is like a the uh, amount... there is a bundle.
1: Yeah, the amount you okay. pay to get. Like all six games is as much as getting one PS5 game.
0: I mean, is it worth more or less than Ratchet and Clank? Is really the question.
1: Well, as the biggest Ratchet and Clank fan here, probably, (laughs) I run I run the I run the Ratchet and Clank wiki for those who don't know. But as the as the biggest fan wit here, I would still say that like um, I would still say that those six games are a bit more value than. Than than rift apart is rift apart was excellent right and you should still pick it up but if you only have 70 bucks to spend and Mm -hmm. you know and you're choosing between them uh would i say like you should get the bundle that includes final fantasy 6 and final fantasy 5 and final fantasy 4 yes you should get that bundle
3: (laughs) yeah well uh, i mean to to chime in on the price um it's 74.82 for the bundle it's six games at a discount um, 74 $82. Um, at first I will be honest with you guys. I was, I was like, you gotta be kidding me about the, with this price. I was in that camp. Of course I wasn't taking it to, you know, publicly Twitter and just like, Oh my God. Uh, but I, I was, uh, I was kind of like, wow, that's, that's, that's a really high price for this, these games. Um, as the more, more details are coming out, as you guys mentioned, I mean, um, you know, with, with fully rearranged, uh, uh, osts and um even some graphical enhancements uh yeah, I think they, I include,
1: a... they include a selection of tracks in the osts in the bundle
3: yeah and and, and i think i saw a screenshot of final fantasy 6 um when you're uh the cliffs of narsh and you can look down and you can actually you actually see the city now right um, which that's a completely new art like, Yeah, I, even, I don't know if it's even the android yeah. version didn't have that Oh, oh yeah,
0: there's a uh, there's some 3D art I saw in this too, where there's right. like 3D yeah, polygons they, thrown in they, there.
3: Yeah, so it seems like they've really kind of gone through and and um, just touched over it. Um, now seventy five dollars is I still feel in my opinion I feel still feel it's a little pricey, but with all of that being considered, man, that is uh, that is really it's really good. It's mm. just seventy five dollars for games that came out, you know, thirty years. 30 yeah, plus years ago, I, I certainly, you're just I like, certainly
1: understand that. I certainly understand that critique. You know, it's yeah. just uh, if if I were advising people, I would say like you know, if you have certainly so bucks to spend and you can either spend it on Ratchet and Clank, or you can spend it on this, I would say you should spend it on this. Like I I totally understand that critique. Okay. That's why
3: Phil Spencer, when Phil Spencer is listening to this podcast, I feel like Phil Spencer should uh, go ahead and put that on Game Pass. What a value. (laughs) Okay,
0: let's uh, let's move on to our final subject, because I do have a hard out in about uh, 15 minutes now. Uh, This is uh, on, was it the 19th? I think it was the 19th, officially. Final Fantasy X was 20 years old. Which is just yeah. insane to me. It it makes me really just feel awful. Because I remember when that game first came out, and I was not a tiny little kid then. I have distinct memories mm-hmm. of seeing trailers for that. And it is ridiculous that a game that feels that relatively new to me still is 20 damn years old. Uh, the other yeah, big I'm thing... Gonna... thing the other big thing is that uh, there was a interview that came out. I think this was uh, Toriyama again, and uh, uh, darn it, Nomura. Ma- Nomura, that's it. Thank you. Uh, that he was talking <laughs> about Final Fantasy X-3, which they mentioned that there is a synopsis that Nojima made. Uh, currently, it's on mm-hmm. ice. Possibilities not zero, says Toriyama. First, I want to make Final Fantasy Seven remake, etc., etc. So they're kicking this down the can. 10 years, assuming any of these people are still working. So, I'd say there's a very low percentage of this thing actually <laughs> happening, but they do they do want to make a Final Fantasy Ten Three. 3 That's somewhere on their list. And it didn't sound like they're kicking out that 2.5 plan, either. That's not non-canon. Which is, ooh, I, I would make that non-canon yeah, if I were mean, them.
3: You're talking about... <laughs> yeah, you yeah, one,
0: you're
1: one about book, right? his head blown off yeah. by a blitzball or something stupid. Yeah, I so can't. let
2: me... So, so ten two and a half. Ien no Daisho, uh split in, It's a novel that's put into three parts: the girl side, the boy side, and the boy and girl side. So, spoilers for Final Fantasy ten two. Uh, in the perfect ending, Titus comes back to life because a wizard did it. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and we believed and, hard and,
0: enough, and then Titus returned to life.
2: And and so, <laughs> in the boy side, uh, society's falling apart because of like Yevon's fall, and and so we learned the backstory that uh, when Zanarkin invaded Besed, they made a bunch of bombs that look like Blitz Balls to trick the summoners into playing Blitz Ball and all killing each other. And then in the girl side, she just kicks a Blitz Ball and dies. What? Yep. <laughs> yep. That's what I Am No Daisho is about. That so is if Final what Fantasy that is. is yeah. three if Final Fantasy x continues this canon, uh, I, I, I can't say I, I have a very uh, positive outlook for it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's the thing, it's a thing, right? GJ Nojima is the most inconsistent writer I've ever seen. And the reason I say that is not that, like, uh he's inconsistent. No, I mean, his law's fine. It's mostly just the fact that he can go from putting out, like, I thought the dialogue, for instance, Final Fantasy VII Remake was extremely good. I mm-hmm. thought it was so good from the way that, like, they were able to convey so many emotions but still be subtle. It's the fact that, like, there were so many lines in that where you could read the lines like five different ways. Well, you're and also the hearing the
0: go... English translation of those lines. Just to clarify. That's true. That's yeah. true. As so well. it is filtered <laughs> by one <laughs> step. Yeah.
1: I would... It's yeah, the I, fact, I, fact I, that, like, I it goes it's... from writing that kind of dialogue to if you read all the Final hmm. Fantasy 7 novels, like, they're not awful but they're not like that at all they're very much like we will tell you exactly who, what xyz is thinking and we will make it very like it's kind of like a ya novel. and then it's the fact that like in, in if you look at final fantasy 10 well i thought final fantasy X had a really superb story i love mm-hmm. the story of final fantasy X, and then 10 2.5 sounds like an awful fan fiction so <laughs> so how do you go from writing this like near masterpiece to this yeah. piece of shit. Right? I feel like it just
3: well, baffles me. Uh, uh well, th- okay. So ten was um, if I if I'm correct, I don't know. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like that was Katase's idea. Um, yeah. So ten, it was. The, the whole story of ten was kind of Katase's. But anyways, like with uh, with Final Fantasy 3 I would, I personally would love to see a um, a more mature, maybe even like uh, you know like little beard on titus you know a little like older like you know how they did with noctus at the end uh you know a much more older and mature T- uh, titus and maybe even have titus have a kid of his own so where he's now become the father and he you know he has to deal with that that w- oh, i just feel okay. like th- i feel like that would be really cool to uh, a good way to like kind of sum up that arc of uh you know titus and his father um now he's become the father um, and you get the sins of oh wow <laughs> sins pardon the pun the sins of our fathers type thing you know like um i think that would be kind of cool an interesting thing for final fantasy Ten Three. 3 um wherever however they decide to do that i would love to see that um with final fantasy 10 in general being the 20th anniversary that's just like like you said blue high at the beginning man that that's just uh <laughs> yeah, it's insane to me to think um in fact that they're I was playing um, a game night with with a couple of my friends and, and somebody I didn't know and I, we were just talking. I'm like, man, Final Fantasy X, uh, just love that game. We were just talking about it and this guy goes, he goes, oh no, I don't think I've ever played that one. And then my other friend says, he says, oh, I think that was actually before your time. And I, yeah. I, I like laughed at him. I was like, I was like, oh, man, before your time. <laughs> well, Wait, like how, so how old are you? Played, and the guy yeah. said, the guy said, 19. And I went, oh my god. Played, oh my god! Uh, yeah, exactly. I played
1: Final Fantasy X later than I think most people here did, because, like, uh, I played it around 2014, when they released the HD remaster of it, and that was my first introduction to it. And, like, obviously the game was quite dated, you know, and, like, uh, mostly with regards to, like, I think the animations have dated specifically, and the, uh, the English voice acting has dated quite a bit, because this was still back when... Like, the voice actors would have to, like, you know, some of their lines, like, Yuna will, like, deliver a line. It's, like, super rushed because she's trying to keep up with the Japanese voice actress. And, like, uh, they still weren't quite good at that, so they were still, like, figuring things out. But, like, uh, all that considered, and once I got past the first couple hours, which are a little slow, like, basically, as soon as Auron showed up, I loved the game from that point onwards. Like, uh, because, I mean, like, Final Fantasy X just, like, The setting of that game is, like, I think Spirit is the best setting other than Ivalice. Like, Ivalice can't be topped, but the setting of Spirit is just so, like, it's the way it's so detailed, but still easy to understand. It's, like, it's really creative how, like, how it, how everything works, but you can still relate it so much back to, like, our own world. Like, I think Spirit is just an excellent setting. And I just think, like, uh, and I, by the way, the gameplay is, like, because I played the HD remaster, but I got the version where, like, the Dark Aeons were in and Penance was in. And, like, that grind oh, at yeah. the end, yeah, it's a little grindy, but it's super satisfying to, like, have yeah. everyone to max stats and then to, like, wail on this massive, like, super boss that's, like, <laughs> might be the hardest super boss in the series in terms of how much you have to prepare for it. Like mm-hmm. so, I think I think ten is a really really solid entry in the series, and I think like uh, I I think like definitely you can see a lot of ten's DNA in uh, some games that were a little less successful like thirteen, but also in seven remake, which was I think much more successful in what it tried to in accomplishing what it set out to achieve.
0: Yeah, I think we should just end with everyone's kind of thoughts on Final Fantasy ten to commemorate commemorate this moment. So uh, Techno just went i guess i'll go now yeah. um yeah final fantasy X is a game i played on the playstation 2 um I, I my first time actually ever seeing that was old toonami reviews we had stephen blum as uh, tom 2.0 reviewing final fantasy X, and it looked amazing like even back then it was an incredible looking game and you should hunt down that toonami review because they made final fantasy X look really really great they found all the best clips It just looked like this unbelievable adventure. And yeah, I agree that Spira Spira is one of the better worlds they've ever made. They did a fantastic job kind of developing a culture and a history, which they sort of never did again. They kind of did that with East, but they never really put that much thought into any of their worlds ever again. Like, really imagine, like, oh, well, 500 years ago, there was this one guy that created this one organization, and, you know, now that we're here, uh, it's become corrupt as shit and uh now you gotta I deal with 14
1: that. does
3: but yeah maybe 14 yeah 14 does, probably know, does but
0: i'm not a i'm not a 14 guy maybe
3: one day yes yeah, maybe they'll finally I'd drive say, me to I'd it say, yeah i mean like i think i think it's been done but i don't know if it's been done to this like it go hand in hand with the game itself like is yeah. i think that's what you're trying to say right yeah like, exactly it's Like, i mean the story of yeah final fantasy 13 did a I mean, if you if you look at that story, it is really really well thought out. It's just not executed that well.
0: No, yeah. it's not like you meet. It's not like you're walking around and you find a statue and then they'll explain the entire history of who this guy was. I don't think that happens in thirteen. Right. Yeah. And I, I'd yeah. say uh, one more thing we should point out about ten is that that was the last one to have traditional you know term based combat. That was the yeah, high and point, they and they perfected never perfected it well that intended yeah they tend to i guess would be yeah. true
3: okay yeah 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 so so for 10 they perfected turn base for 10 they like i don't know if i want to say perfected atb but they you know what i mean like they <laughs> yeah they, they uh they really it was the height of the battle that kind of battle system for sure um in my opinion i, I mean 13 i love the command synergy battle system but uh Man with ten, um God, the, the conditional turn based battle system with ten is just so thoughtful, so strategic, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm almost as addicted to that as I am with like seven remakes battle system.
0: Okay, um, is that your thoughts on ten, or do you got any more?
3: Oh, um, well, I guess with uh, really quickly sum it up, yeah. I guess with ten, um, with. With 10 it was kind of like my teenage story you know what i mean like so with with seven i was a kid when i played it i was seven or eight years old um it like it plants the seeds of my imagination from there on but with 10 it felt like it came out at the perfect time in my life as i was uh turning a teenager at the time and it just it just felt like the story was it's just a good coming of age story uh you know and and i'm a sucker for those kind of things um, and it just hit all the right notes for me. A uh, big, significant impact on my life, for sure.
2: Okay. Uh, cat use? Uh, I want to... So I played Final Fantasy X on, on the PS2 uh, when I was a teenager. Um, I thought it was... I, I, I thought it was pretty good. There are, there are. So I, I agree with the... It, it's like the final form of, the, of turn-based combat. But I, I think there... That it doesn't—at least in the PS2 version, the American PS2 version—does it does not actually use that to its full extent. Hmm. Like you the, mean other, like the no super like,
0: bosses deal?
2: Yeah, other than like other than like Seymour Flux, and I, I guess like maybe like Unilesca. Unalesca's hard as shit,
0: though, man. Yeah, the yeah. game is just yeah. <laughs> not
2: challenging enough to actually be worth exploring all of the features that the game has to offer.
0: I kind of disagree, um, but yeah, that's an opinion you can have.
3: Yeah. Okay, go on. there was uh there was some like ups and downs for me like so like it could be like really easy and then like out of nowhere unalesca and then really easy out of nowhere everay and you're just like what, what the- <laughs> I,
0: I feel bad but i really do we really do got to be wrapping up so okay. yeah was... yeah
2: so yeah so i'll just wrap up and say that it probably has some of the better world building um that final fantasy has had um And I I wish that the technology for, like, good, like, lip-synced voice acting had been there at the time, so we didn't have all the ya's and the (laughs) ha-ha-ha's. But, yeah.
0: It did better than most games of the time, in terms of voice acting. Especially Japanese games. Just, Mm. I I dare you to go back and listen to, say, um, House of the Dead 2. That's another game that came out roughly the same period, and the voice acting is night and day. So Final Fantasy X was kind of ahead of the curve on that. But um, yeah, we have to wrap up here. Unfortunately, um, I have places to be and people to eat. So um, <laughs> people to eat. People to eat. Yes. Yes. Don't <laughs> don't ask. It's a very busy weekend. Um, he so, is sin. So, <laughs> it's, so Daniel, it's Daniel, you have been a fantastic guest. Just uh, I am. Oh man. If you uh, well, want to you. plug thank your you so uh, if you want to plug your podcast empire again for us just one last time so everyone remembers,
3: <laughs> I wish it was. Uh, we're We're getting there, hopefully uh, yeah, we're, we're, we' become a integral part of the the community is is our goal. Um, final Fan TV uh, you can find pretty much links to everything at FinalFanTV.com, dot uh, com anything slash final TV. Uh, Yeah, and and it's just we're going to be doing a Final Fantasy 10 20th anniversary special Um, Hopefully have some surprises some community members uh, You know a little montage of testimonials of what the game means to them And of course us talking about it just like we were here Um, So yeah, I mean this has been a fantastic time Uh, And I like I said at the beginning of the show the top of the show Um, this is just a really big, I just want to give a really big thank you to what you guys do. Um, it's just, it's so, it's so important to content creators like me, content creators like everyone who's in the final fantasy, I guarantee you they use your website. So if I can for them, a big thank you, I'll, I'll, I'll say for them as well. Big thank you guys.
0: Okay. Thank you so much for being here and, uh, cat use and techno. Thank you for joining us on this journey. I, again, was Blue Highwind, and this is the Final Fantasy Wiki podcast. Now, finally, a real podcast. And uh, hopefully this will be up on Tuesday, where you can go and listen to this on anywhere that good podcasts happen to live. So, uh, thank you so much for joining us, and have a great day, everybody in the Final Fantasy world. Goodbye. Hey everybody, this is Blue Highwind after the fact. Uh, Just coming in with a final little note to edit the end of the episode because I think we did a great job in that episode and I'm so glad you all were able to listen to that but I do want to go and make sure that the proper credits are given. Our intro and intro music is taken from expert novices La Montana de los Caballeros Jovenes which is based from Mount Colts. This is from the album Final Fantasy VI Balance and Ruin. Balance and Ruin, uh, which is from the OC Remix community, who were very gracious to let us use their uh, song. And again, uh, the Final Fantasy Wiki can be found at Final Fantasy Wiki... Actually, where can we be found? ffwiki.fandom.com? No, that's not right. Where can we be found? Let me look that up we can be found at final slash wiki slash final underscore fantasy underscore wiki though i think final will also work uh, i can be found at blue highwind i'll go and talk with my co-hosts about what any kind of various social media they want to be followed at also i can be found at blue where i write reviews and things like that Uh, if the main episode sounded professional and this did not that's because I'm recording it the day after thank you so much again and uh, at some point I'm going to need a better outro word all good podcasters need a good outro thing, I don't have one yet
2: we'll have to workshop something Uh, thank you so much, have a great day see you next month